right, do it up. Welcome to Walk It Off, your home for sports talk every week and sometimes multiple times a week. Uh, everything in Nashville and beyond with your hosts, Drew and Dave. We're so happy to be here with you uh, on the digital airwaves, shall we say, uh, via the intranets again. And uh, welcome, Drew. It's good to see you, my man. Hey, you too, buddy. Look at that. A second intro. I think I'm getting worse at it. <laughs> hey, give yourself some credit. We were feeling that one. And that was a good drum roll, too. It, it was. The fanfare really up. helped. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize I was such a ham until I realized until I realized <laughs> that the drum roll really filled me with adrenaline. It's a little uh, it's a little trickier for us now that people can actually see us when we're doing these video episodes as opposed to the radio show every week. It is. Where it we're is. safely invisible. I know. There's there's some security in that anonymity, but for me, it's countered by the fact that I can see you, which is a thousand times more fun than it is to just hear your voice, even though you've got a great voice, dude. Hey, hey, thanks, man. We're the radio professionals here. That's why we get to go there. That's right. But you're, you're right. You know, before you decided to make the uh, the horrible decision of moving away from Nashville. <laughs> Fair enough. We, Fair enough. We had a standard studio show and we could play off each other's cues and all that stuff. And now after the move, it's all digital as opposed to, well, it might have been anyways when COVID hit. And we went to the one person in the studio at a time rule. No assistance, nobody answering the phones for us. Just yeah. all, all done ourselves. We but had hey, all that before. Still works out because you're a damn professional. Right back at you, man. Done. Well, I will say it's a good opportunity to give you some credit because uh, we've had to adapt there, right? Like, not seeing each other, we we knew our visual cues. We could look at each other. We could hand signal each other. You know, you could uh, you could flip me off, which you did all the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is your last show, Dave. And uh, and so we could get really aggressive with each other like that. But now, you, your leadership, you've always led the pace of the show. So, like, thank you for doing that. But it's it's been exponential since we've had to go remote because you've had to keep the pace. We can't really tell when we're going to stop. So you're the change of pace guy, which there's a sports term for our sports show. Um, so it's been it's been incredible to see how we've learned and adapted that way. And and your leadership has been really incredible uh, through that. So uh, much applause to you. And I hope everybody will join me. Look at this guy. So so modest. But yeah, I'm going to have to start mailing you some of our ad reads. OK, so I don't have to read every single ad. on the ad <laughs> That ad is read. true. Maybe we'll get to do that one of these days. I'm not upset about that. <laughs> Actually show up early and prep a little bit harder. <laughs> uh, but we miss out on our show prep times too. So it's true. Makes that a little bit more difficult. But it's good to be here. It's good to hang out. Uh, inside baseball, we get to talk a little bit before you hit the record button. It's You've true. been the one taking care of these video episodes, which I think is why his picture looks so much better. Mm -hmm. I edit you down. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, I'm going to take every boost of confidence I can get. So, yeah. Well, hey, man, that's a good look. The brand new WXNA show. Yeah, how about that? that? I'm so excited it's to be repping this. After you showed off your hat last week, I was, I was, I was, you know, maybe you guys caught it on my face, but I was a little, hmm, where's my stuff? Because uh, <laughs> I, I knew it was in the mail at some point, and literally the next day, I opened up my mail, and this was sitting in there along with a giant. Sweet ass WXNA sticker uh, that I got to find a new place for because I've got a lot of sweet ass WXNA stickers now, uh, and this is awesome. It's one of my favorites that we've had. I, it's the, the shirts nice. are so cool, but this is normally I would say if I'm getting a jersey like this, I kind of want it to be three quarter sleeve, but I I realize now I don't. <laughs> this is awesome. This is how I prefer it. This is this is sweet. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. That is so cool. As soon as I saw that design, I thought the same thing. It, it was like, this should be a three-quarter length shirt. But I do like the ringer tees also. A little, little uniform for our opening day episode. So I, well exactly. played. Putting it on. And I see that Nashville Sounds hat too. My favorite represent. baseball hat. Yep. And and they match color coding wise. Like unintentional, but it works. And credit. Your headset matches. We tell this, this guy's a pro. 
right. I, I got a little aside for you here about this. So this is orange. Uh, not to correct you or anything like that, but I just want for the for the sake of the story. And actually, I guess it doesn't matter now I think about it because uh, I, I used to sit outside in my patio when I'd be working or doing like phone calls for my day job. And I'd have this little headset on. And every time, like I'd sit out there and a hummingbird would fly up and look me directly in the face and just stare at me for like 10 seconds and then buzz away. And it was cute the first time. And then the second time, it was a little scary because <laughs> I realized they're flying knives, essentially. Like, that's just a knife and a bullet put together. <laughs> and and I'm like, it's looking at me like from five feet Never away. Never heard hummingbird described that way before. And, but. <laughs> well, when, you, when you start thinking about the danger, you start realizing all the things that they can do. So I'm frantically Googling, like, can a hummingbird kill you? What happens when a hummingbird makes eye contact with you? It, it was kind of horrifying. And I realized... They're attracted to red and orange. So every time they see that, they go check it out. And then they realize it's not something that they're going to do anything with and they take off. So I was very much relaxed. And now every time I would go out there, I'd have my little hummingbird friend come over. So if you know hummingbirds are around, wear this shirt and they will come and stare at you. And uh, just don't be afraid. Look at you out there just flirting with the hummingbirds. What a tease. I know. I know. We're all, all BFFs, me and the little birdies. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's perfect timing. We're here on opening day eve. And I've said it every year. We'll continue to say it over and over again. National holiday. Opening day and Super Bowl Sunday. Absolutely. Should absolutely be a national holidays. Take the day off of work. Sit on your couch all day. I mean, you've probably already taken all your sick days to watch March Madness. <laughs> but you got to save no one comment. for opening day. <laughs> this is on the internet. So uh, <laughs> it's true. It is. It, there are only two uh, like marathon type sports days that are really worth it. And there's others when you talk about like some playoffs starting and things like that. Uh, NHL, especially when we hit the. The bubble, you know, there were some good days just full of NHL and NBA playoff games, but usually those are more spaced out and paced. It's March Madness, uh, the first couple rounds and the first two days, especially, and then opening day in baseball. It, it's just it comes with a mood. It's it's theatric. It's fun. It's got everything you want for active sports watching and passive sports watching. And I, I can't wait. I mean, I have work to do tomorrow. But baseball is going to be on all day in the background. Oh, yeah, man. I'll be parked out there for you guys, ready to go, ready to watch all these games. I know a little disappointing. We used to have our buddy Tyler in here on our MLB preview episode. And we would always get into a little bit of what burns my biscuits. And that's MLB not having the Cincinnati Reds have the traditional opener. For opening day, that first game, that was such a great tradition. They have the parade through Cincinnati, and it's it's a day, it's a holiday. And that's just something absolutely beautiful to baseball that shouldn't have been taken away for just what reasons? To have them play a 3 o'clock game when other teams are opening at noon? Makes no sense. Doesn't You can't justify it. Nope, not at all. But it is nice having every team is going to be opening tomorrow. Or today, when you're probably releasing this episode, and we're talking, that's on true. Opening day. <laughs> that's true. So try to we'll try to expedite this one, uh, just because of the, the the situation there that it is opening day. But yeah, I mean, most people are going to be listening to this hopefully uh, during the opening day festivities. Get going. Get all those games on all throughout the day. You got your noon games here in Central Time, Nashville. And, of course, it's run all the way out to those West Coast time games. That's one of my favorite things about baseball. That's one of my favorite things about days like this when everybody's playing and about a package like MLB TV that'll let you watch everything. That is cool. It doesn't matter what time you're home. Yeah. There's going to be that day game. There's going to be the primetime games. And then you can go and watch a West Coast game all the way stay up at night. Pick your, I, we've mentioned that before on the show. Nashville... You've got your favorite teams for most people in Nashville, and it's going to be that triangle. It's going to be your Atlanta Braves, your Cincinnati Reds, and your St. Louis Cardinals for most people. But there's also plenty of Cubs fans, and there's plenty True. of 
the Superstation, stuff like that. People who just grew up watching those games because they were on TV. And then you've got all the transplants. All the transplants. Like both of us, even though, hey, been here almost 15 years now. We love our Nashville teams. Played for our Nashville teams. But always always represent my hometown team when it comes to it. That's right. So you got your, to watch all your games. But a recommendation for everybody is have a West Coast team. Pick a team that you like out there, whether it's the San Francisco Giants or the, or the Seattle Mariners or, you know, my American League team going back to the Bash Brother days, the Oakland Athletics, especially when they were here as a Nashville Sounds parent club. Because then you get to watch those extra games late at night and have a little something to cheer for. That's a great point. Get invested in that as well. That's a really great point. And... You know, it's kind of the same theory of uh, of fantasy sports. Uh, it's one of the the revelations that happened to me when I started fantasy football over a decade ago, and I'm I'm realizing it now, getting into my third year of fantasy baseball, that it gives you a reason. Just like we talked about it with the bracket too. It gives you a reason to appreciate other teams. Uh, we did it with with uh, the EPL with the uh, the the Premier League. Just, but we talked about it a few times. I yeah. don't know if it stuck for me as much as it did for you, but well, then your team got relegated. I know. Once I got relegated, I was like, ah. <laughs> but I still, I still follow Stoke City lightly, and when they get back in, which they will, uh, they will, uh, they'll be my team. I still, I just don't get up that early on Saturday mornings anymore. Uh, so are the Diamondbacks getting relegated this year? God, if they could, Make I would. Mets fan, <sighs> yeah. invite you in on the bandwagon. Seriously, I. I'm gonna. They're they're in they're in the running for me, right? Like, my I already had a West Coast team. Now the Mets are NL, so that doesn't help me that much. When it comes down to it, I'm still gonna be rooting for the D-backs in the NL. As much as that pains me, the good news is they're not gonna meet in the NL championship, and it's not because of the Mets. I'll tell you that much. Because uh, the Diamondbacks are going. Everybody's talking about how bad the Pirates are gonna be this year. And they're probably the basement dwellers. The D-backs always have, they kind of like the Suns have been recently. And there's a lot of teams that kind of hang out in this mediocrity level. Uh, there's spikes here and there, but, you know, maybe they'll lead the NL West for a couple days or at least be within a couple games by midseason and then drift away. But I don't expect this season to be that. It's been such an implosion, and we're going to be playing such good teams in the NL West. I mean, San Francisco is going to be solid. The Dodgers and the Padres are elite. Uh, and the Rockies are just going to be competitive against us, I'm sure, even though they're going to, they're going to struggle, especially once they trade away Trevor Story at some point. Uh, it's That's a hard year-to-year drop-off, man. The Diamondbacks just a year ago had that momentum from a, a good season before that yep. where you beat me in our – year-long bets on which team was going to have a better record at the end of the year. Diamondbacks jumped out there, had a good season, got all that optimism, made a couple big signings, and then it just seemed to all fall off a cliff and get dismantled so quickly. And with the rise of the Dodgers as this juggernaut, even beyond what they've been winning the division, what, the past 130 years in a row, and then the Padres stepping it up this year to become everybody's favorite bandwagon darling. Look, there's a reason we didn't mention those two teams when we were talking yeah. about picking a West Coast team. It's true. Uh, don't. Uh, don't pick them. But the Padres it, going back to brown and yellow makes it tempting. It, it does. But you still got the A's in there with their, with their uniforms. But you're right. It's like it's like a pick six in the end zone, right? This out off season was a 14-point swing. You like that? Uh, and That's good. That's thank good. you. I just thought of it. But it really does feel that way. Like, I'm trying to think of metaphors that are – Equal and opposite reactions, like proportionately uh, damaging to yourself and then inflicted damage from your opponent. And that's that's exactly how this offseason has been. The team imploded and everybody else got a thousand times better uh, around them. So it's, it's going to be a horrible season and I hope it's one where they just rebuild. And with that said, my number two teams have always been, I, I really like the Brewers, and I really like the Mets, and those are going to be the two that I'm rooting for, but they're NL. So I've got to pick I've got to pick an AL team, and you know, I'm probably looking at I do like the Athletics. I don't want to take steal that one from you, but I'd have to say they're on my they're on my list, and 
I like Toronto this year. I think it'll, I'm going to have fun watching them. The Blue Jays should be a fun team. We don't know where they're playing yet. They're going to start out playing at their spring training complex in Florida because there will be a AAA season at some point, so they're not going to play at their AAA stadium like they did last season. Yep. They're ho- still hoping to play most of their games back in Canada, but we haven't seen that come to pass yet besides the NHL's Canadian division. There's just been the Tampa Raptors, the Buffalo Blue Jays, and maybe the Dunedin Blue Jays again this year. <laughs> it's doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well, but they should be an interesting team to watch. It's going to be fascinating seeing them on TV just playing in that minor league stadium. With limited fans, it might not make that big a difference at the start of the year, but it could be a fascinating storyline as it all goes off. And speaking of the fans, the first major gathering sports game at a full stadium is going to be happening today with the Texas Rangers filling up their new stadiums Trying to sell every seat. <laughs> you want to be shoulder to shoulder, leg to leg with your fellow fans again? No. I, I'm not ready for it, dude. I'm not ready for it yet. I'm looking forward to a time when that'll feel normal again. But that's going to be real scary. But hey, man, we uh, wish them the best. Yeah, and best to everybody there. And I hope, even though I haven't read the regulations, that they do something like require, which is, I mean, infrastructure is impossible, but, you know, vaccinations for things like that. But obviously uh, the not. Passports are coming. I know. I know. And that's reasonable. They're in my not opinion, here yet. But, but it's risky, man. Like, I, I am vehemently opposed to that. I guess it's a personal decision, but that's that sounds like a super spreader event to me. And. I remember seeing a, an Onion article a little bit earlier that, like, uh, it, it jokingly came out that the CDC announced that it's ridiculously embarrassing to get COVID this late in a pandemic uh, because you should know better by now for a lot of reasons. And it's just that obvious. But uh, it, anyway, it wishing them the best, man. And I'm, I'm just looking forward to easing into it. And like I've said on previous shows, at least Diamondbacks games – have no risk of being that elbow to elbow. <laughs> I think even a even a, a a game where they're trying to get full force is still going to be uh, lacking in uh, in attendance. So it's safe here at least. I mean, we even saw the news drop tonight that six players, well, six members of the Washington Nationals organization are going to be held out of opening day after a player tested positive, and they had five close contacts on the flight. So even these players, with all the testing going on there, we're still not over this thing. Yeah. And it's they're going to be playing without at least five players on opening day. There's still taxi squads for every team, and that depth is going to get tested right off the bat. Yep. We're hoping, obviously, that this is going to be like March Madness, which again, knock on wood, there was only that one game in the first round where VCU was unfortunately not able to play, not able to field the team. But the rest of the tournament so far, knock on wood, has gone off cleanly and safely. But that's, again, in a limited space, all going on in Indianapolis, everything going on down there, tests constantly, quarantines players. MLB's trying to go back to fairly normal with that. We're already seeing players like this. We're hoping for no major shutdowns like the Lins or the Cardinals had last year in that abbreviated schedule. But we're still at the same time. The Rangers are going to be playing in front of a packed house at their new stadium. It scares the shit out of me. It's hard to reconcile all this stuff at the same time. It really is. And what's really scary is, you know, we've taught, we've compared leagues uh, over and over again for the last year. And relatively speaking, beyond just COVID, uh, the MLB is a clusterfuck compared to all the others. It's just, and that's what scares me is like, I just don't trust them enough. To make this happen the right way. I don't have the smarts to predict where the pitfalls will be, but I just don't trust that organization enough to make this work well. Uh, I, I just, I feel like they're set up for the most failure, unfortunately. And the Texas, uh, the, the Texas Rangers um, uh, example is, is starting to prove that point. But I mean, Rob Manfred just that does story not have should be. Uh, that story should be about Texas opening that new stadium and ha- fielding this team that's 
predicted to be near the top, the bottom of the league, but could possibly surprise Kyle Gibson getting the opening day start for them as they play the Kansas City Royals on opening day. Two teams rocking the powder blue. <laughs> Talk about your nice uniforms. Yeah. I mean, are we going to talk about labor strife? Are we going to talk about everything that baseball's done wrong? We kind of have to as we go into this opening day. But fuck it, man. I just want to enjoy opening day. It's one of my favorite days of the year. It's a beautiful sight. It's the symbol of springtime. You've got the hunting on all the stadium. You've got that smell of the grass and the fresh dirt and the leather. Glove day, all the beautiful new mitts and everything that are out on the field. Yeah. It's something that just makes me feel good in my soul every single year for opening day. I don't want to think about the rest of this stuff, but we got to talk about it because it's all part and parcel at this time. It is, but I think that's what's special, right? Like, is that trans that transpires, that transcends all of those issues? And, you know, I know there's a revenue gap that comes with not having attendance, but there's also something kind of special that's happened over the last year, which is we've come become accustomed to enjoying sports in a little different way. I mean, we all watch it on TV, but our our perceptions kind of changed a little bit. So I think we can appreciate something like opening day on TV a lot more than even we did before, just because you don't expect to go in person. So because of our, our just our, the switch in our expectations, I feel like that's an opportunity for somebody like the MLB to play to that and and promote it in a different way that that caters to enjoying it and feeling that emotion under the current circumstances rather than trying to jam something into happening and that's what scares me for all of them i mean businesses i get it it's money it's required but you know you got stuff in the coffers you certainly yeah, there's certainly ways to, to remedy They're this. not hurting. Again, we've mentioned this before. As much as the revenue, is, it sucks losing that much revenue, obviously. If you own an MLB team, you are fine financially. <laughs> I'm not worried about you. Yep. We're still seeing the big contracts get thrown around. I mean, we're down to the deadline right now, and it looks like $325 million is not going to be enough. Francisco Lindor right now to get him locked up. That blows my mind. I mean, that's a hell of an offer, especially if you take that as an extension, adding on to his $22.5 million he's making this year. I, I mean... But, uh, a risky yeah. move by Lindor, I think. Personally, you'd love to get him signed. I really enjoyed seeing him this spring as a Met. Seemed to have really seamlessly joined that team and a, a team with a guy like Brandon Nimmo. You got all these smiles going around. It's what you love about baseball, wearing the coming to America shirt when he goes to Queens. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's a fun thing to see fit right into that clubhouse. You hate to see it fall apart over a couple million dollars. Steve Cohen's got all the money in the world, supposedly. It's time to make a deal happen. But again, you look at that offseason. I don't want to talk about skipping ahead a whole season when we're on opening day. But that shortstop class next offseason. If you still have Lindor as a free agent, Carlos Correa, Javi Baez, Kyle, Corey Seager, Kyle's brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, Trevor Story, who we all expect to get traded before the season's out. That's an unfathomably great shortstop class at free agency. Yeah. And if that kind of money is out there, you're going to get one of those guys for sure. I was hoping it would be Lindor and it would be settled by the beginning of the year, but if you want to bet on yourself... Bet on yourself. We saw how it worked out for Trevor Bauer last season. True. And that unreal contract that the Dodgers signed him to. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, we all still feel bad for Boogie Cousins. That's one of the all-time cautionary stories in my book. Yep. Playing out that last season hoping for a max contract, and it's been nothing but injuries and veteran minimums since. It is tough, and that's the risk, especially if players take on so much inherent risk, which is injury, and there's a lot of variables to them performing well that don't that aren't all, all, always in their control. Uh, but you always want to see a player take back control of their uh, of their career as much as they can, because it's it's a it's a scratch and fight battle for them to do that. They have such a limited time to play, and they have less power unless you're somebody like Francisco Lindor 
who's in the top tier of having power. And it's good to see him exercising it to the degree he can. Would I turn that down? Hell no. But it's a different, <laughs> it's a different scenario. And I, I assume he's waiting on that market class, on that class of, of free agents next year to reset a market value. Especially if revenues it's, start coming in and things like that. So, I, and besides betting on himself, which I'm also pretty happy about because I've got him on my fantasy team. So, <laughs> uh, you know, if he's going to try to prove himself in one year beyond what he's already done, uh, might as well do it while he, his stats are uh, earned me some W's. Maybe a sleeper MVP pick if you believe sure. in, in the Mets offense this season and that lineup. He's got some big protection behind him. But Tatis's giant extension was basically the baseline that we thought. Uh, this deal, while being less as the big number, the headline number, that mm-hmm. 340 versus 325 million, is a lot more per year. Yeah. As an offer, he is that little bit older. You'd think they'd be able to find that common ground. But again, another point of that is that Lindor is a player representative. He's active in the players' union. And with the CBA coming up after this season the bitterness between players and ownership and the league is at such a high point right now. It's, it's hard to think he he will do anything besides maximum, maximum what he wants value at this point. Cause he has an example to set. It's We're true. talking about a league right now that is so petty and it's argument against the players that there's no DH in the national league this season when there wasn't last year. And everybody knows there's not going to be next season about this part of the new CBA, but Major League Baseball says, hey, players, we're not giving you the DH in the National League unless you give us the expanded playoffs that we had last year. And the players say all the all the revenue of expanded playoffs is a way bigger bargaining chip yeah. than DH for not, half the National Not apples to apples, yeah, at all. And neither side was willing to budge without a concession before the CBA comes up to give away one of those bullets in there ammunition when they're making those arguments at the table throughout this season so we've got one year for as much as a baseball purist as i am as much as i love the national league game it's ridiculous to not have the dh for one season right now in the middle of seasons when it was universal as soon as the player as a pitcher gets hurt running the bases or gets hit by a pitch it's going to become a whole big story again. They're already talking is... about it with Zach Allen having an elbow injury uh, playing that. And that's that's just one small drop in the bucket to start the season. It's pretty ridiculous. But hey, man, opening day, good vibes. Good vibes all around. Let's keep it going. I know. It's going to be a, a great time. I love the pageantry. I love the optimism. Even if you're a Pirates fan and you're looking at that team that Sold off basically everybody who's not on a minimum deal, who can be above a AAA player. You can still look at a guy like Cabrian Hayes, who's the favorite for National League Rookie of the Year, who had such a great small sample at the end of last season, who's been crushing the ball in spring training, making himself into one of the top prospects in the game. You've got reason for optimism. You've got reason to smile. Anybody can look at their team right now and feel good about it, even if... That's completely unrealistic, <laughs> as is the, yeah, it's with about a third of the teams in the league. You can find some hope, and we've talked about that so much on our show, which is one of my favorite topics, is that just look at prospects. Look at their farm teams. Look at everything they're building. Team may be terrible, but there's a reason to watch. There's a reason to hope that there's incremental change this year. I mean, heck, I'm on, the Diamondbacks, I'm even excited to see them break down so that there can be a buildup of young prospects rather than staying mediocre. There's always a reason to watch, and there are so many fun players right now. I mean, it's incredible. I think even relative to any other sport, there are just so many players that are just fun to watch in baseball that are fun to keep track of, to see how they grow and how they change year to year. And and it's a wide spectrum of really young guys and guys that are just so proven and so good for such a long time, it, it, it really, I mean, it, it kind of blows my mind. And uh, it, it's one of the more fun things about, about baseball. I really think so. There's storylines everywhere. Everywhere. Even if your team's going to be awful, pick a player, get attached to them, enjoy some strange outlier. <laughs> Anything goes right. 
it'll be great. I want to see O'Neill Cruz go up, come up at some point with the Pirates and watch this six foot six shortstop. That's <laughs> just something unique, something exciting. If you're a Tigers fan, Miguel Cabrera has the possibility this year. A realistic, it'd have to be good, you'd have to stay healthy, but a realistic opportunity to be the first player in baseball history to get to 3,000 hits and 500 home runs in the same season. There's things to look out for all over the place. If you're an Orioles fan, you've got Matt Harvey on your team. Yeah. (laughs) One of the (laughs) best prospects in baseball four, five, six years ago. And the worst pitcher in baseball since. But there's a chance (laughs) that you can see this amazing turnaround story. There's something to look out for, no matter what team you root for. And it just makes it so exciting. And on opening day, again, just hearing the ball hit the leather and seeing these incredible pitchers. Everybody throws hard. Everybody hits the ball hard. Hell, root for stolen bases. Stolen bases are a lost art form. They are. Get ex- get excited about a guy on your team who can lead your team in stolen bases. I, and think about how they could do with those three extra inches of base. True, if true, they true. make that rule a thing that actually happens. I know. Speaking I, uh, of rule changes, man, I'm so bummed that of the rule changes that are staying for this season, the runner to start extra innings on second base is staying, and seven-inning doubleheaders are staying as well. So... And the damn magic intentional walk, which yeah. just infuriates me. But yeah, me too. So in in general, we just get less baseball this year. So thanks for that. They're trying to speed the game up. We understand, but there's there's ways to do this that aren't ridiculous or bush league like the runner on second. Yeah. Even though that one seemed to have been enjoyed by a lot of people last year. I do, I do I, think that's one. What's that, wrong with free baseball? All right. I know, but I do think that's one that's like appealing to non-baseball fans like that's or, or new baseball fans especially and we saw it in the world baseball classic there's there's things that come up where it is just but it where it is fun like i can see if i was coming to baseball to be back too i know if i was coming to baseball as a newbie i can see that being appealing uh it's it kind of makes it a do or die uh, a little bit more of a do or die scenario in 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 Overtime, which we enjoy in other sports. So, I don't know. But I, I agree. In general, I don't want it there because I love those games that stretch on and everybody has a chance to work their way back in and uh, and without any advantage like that. But that's one I do see an argument for if you put your new baseball fan hat on. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> new baseball fans, I got a deal for you, all right? proposal for new baseball fans out there if you want to do it we'll use this amazing new video technology that we've got i'll teach you how to fill out a scorebook when you watch the game Uh, go real old school baseball fan impress your parents impress your grandparents impress the person next to you sitting at the game fill out a damn scorebook the right way as you watch it impress and or confuse the person sitting next to you but yeah i agree uh, I think I think we should do a whole episode where you just give a lesson on that. And it's not because I don't know how to do it. It's because I think we need to teach it to other people. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's a integral part of the game if you're broadcasting a game. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun as a fan, too. It gets you into it. It gets you excited. It gives you something to do. And it gives you a keepsake. True. It's, it's something a little special when you can go back and look at your program, pull it out years later, flip to that scorebook page, and you can say, oh, look at that. An RBI double in the gap. And you can just read those esoteric symbols. And maybe the person standing next to you in the room or your significant other or somebody else in the house will be like, what the hell? How do you know that? They're like, I know everything that happened to this game. I'm magic. Yes, it's true. It's code, man. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to be able to do that. But speaking of fun fan things, we did promise our viewers, our listeners, that we would unpack some baseball cards. We I did. don't know about you, man, but going all the way back through childhood and still today, there's something that's soothing, there's something that's calming, there's something that's zen, and just fun 
about opening up a sealed pack of baseball cards. It's like opening day. It is. It's, it's even the same word. What do you know? <laughs> is that a coincidence? It's true. It's filled with optimism and possibilities. It is. like It's that perfect balance of a, a anticipation, but without like the, like your heart, right? Like it's just, it's cool. It's calm. It's collected. It's like you said, it's uh, it's relaxing, but it's also anticipatory, which is a weird combination. So um, before we get into that, I do want to ask you, because I'm about to move off of this guy. What, uh, what are you drinking over there? Oh, yeah, it's our happy hour. Hey. It we is our happy hour. We got a report on that. I'm to a favorite Nashville zone, Jackalope Brewery Bear Walker. That is such a good beer. I got to get rid of them before the summer, though. So <laughs> it's not a summertime beer, but it's one of my favorites anytime, honestly. Well, if you were a hophead, which I know you're not, uh, I, this is a beer that I would recommend in the summertime. Uh, and luckily, it's practically summer here in, in Phoenix. High 80s right now. Uh, we're going to be in the low 90s tomorrow. So that's what's happening in the world. But I've got from one of the premier breweries in Phoenix, Renhouse Brewing. Uh, Arizona Star American Pale Ale, fantastic beer. Plus, just gorgeous. I yeah, I, that's a stylish can. It reminds me of those Astros uniforms. It does, it's doesn't it? Feel the sunrise. Heck yeah! It's I love good can art. And in fairness, I love the Jackalope Bear Walker one too. Just seeing that is is one of my favorite cans out there. So that uh, what is it? A stoned bear? <laughs> it really does look like that. Cool. Well, I'm glad we got that out of the way because I, I want to make sure we knew what we were imbibing while we were going through these cards because you kind of got Yeah, we're just hanging out here. We're having a good time. Yeah. But we promised you guys we'll do a couple more pack breaks. I was going to do one, try to do one on Instagram Live after we get finished recording here tonight. And then we'll do at least two during opening day. How about that? Over on Instagram Live again. And here's the promise. Follow us over on Instagram, over on Twitter. And send us your favorite team, your favorite player. And if we open up something good with them in it, we might ask for your mail and address and get you a package in the mail. I love it. I absolutely love it. So a little bonus for opening day, one of our favorite holidays of the year. But I got two packs right here. I'm going to give you the choice, all right? We've got 2018 Standard Tops. Mike Trout right there. Okay, all right. And then we've got 2019 Big League pack. It's also tops. Who do we Big got on the cards? Who do we got on the cover there? We got Clayton Kershaw. Let's go with Mike Trout. Uh, I, in in light of him potentially winning his fourth MVP this year, uh, I think I think we should open the Mike Trout pack. Let's go as he's getting chased for that best player in baseball title. Mookie Betts has been on his tail a little bit the last couple of years. But is this the year that some of that unbelievable young talent starts to catch up? True. Ronald Acuna. Fernando Tatis. Tatis, Juan Soto. Yeah. And don't sleep on Luis Robert either. Agreed. That's the one I was going to say. Like these these guys, which is why I love your proposition of like, tell us your favorite player. Because you've got that top tier of elite players you were talking about that are in the the MVP conversations year after year and could make an argument for best player in baseball. Although, you know, Trout and Betts are kind of in a, another league, even of their own. There's uh, there's a whole crop of people coming up and we're going to add other other players to that to that list. Uh, a Rosarina uh, is somebody who might be moving up in his rookie year this year too. You know, uh, there's a lot of players that can be really exciting to watch over the next few, next year, certainly. Again, you can always hope. And we've got some modern cards like we'll be opening right now. And then we got some classic cards from the 90s too. We'll have some fun with that stuff, all right? Might get that Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. Ooh. So you better you better be messaging in that Ken Griffey's your favorite player. If <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, there's a whole bunch of Mariners fans messaging us all of a sudden. <laughs> That's awesome. Either way, we'll have some fun with it. All right, man, let's put on our best uh, with apologies to Roth and Maggery of and remember some guys. 
All right, let's do From it. From the long ago season of 2018, fresh pack right here. Again, just one of our favorite things to do, let's even listen. if there's no gum in these. Let's listen to that sound. All right, top, who you got? <laughs> well, you did mention Blue Jays, right? I did. So we're going to start it off with somebody who uh, I'm going to be completely honest. I hope nobody mentioned as their favorite player, Roberto Azunia. Oh, wow. <laughs> no more suspensions. Uh, pitching for the Astros now. But uh, not that guy that you really want to <laughs> cheer for after some of the stuff that's come out there. But hey, man, solid pitcher, all right? And here we go. Really exciting. Matt Shoemaker. Ah, uh, look at that beard. Los Angeles Angels right, Angels right now? No, I believe uh, Shoemaker's also on the Blue Jays currently. Oh, wow. So we had an ex-Blue Jay and now a current Blue Jay. And yeah, that, that beard's rocking. Is that a little pre-quarantine beard from Shoemaker? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's like a little post-Jake Arrieta beard, like following that trend. Oh, dude, here we go. They're not all going to be bummers, all right? You guys better be telling us your favorites because we might have some good stuff in here. That's right. Popping out. All rise. It's the judge. Oh, nice. And that was that was Aaron Judge's rookie year, right? Is that a rookie uh, card? This card right here. But it, this is his this is after his rookie year. Okay. Because this is the league leader card of him leading the league in home runs, setting the rookie record with 52. Wow. That was, that was later broken by Pete Alonzo. Yep. That was a lot of fun but when we went through when we had to do. Do you want to remember? Aaron Judge's unbelievable rookie season. That's what this card will bring to mind for you, for sure. Yeah, that's a great one. Don't worry, we got some card protectors too. But hey, another exciting one. You wanted a rookie card, didn't you? I did, I was asking. Francisco Mejia. Cool. Already traded twice <laughs> since this rookie card on the Cleveland Indians. Part of that big trade with the San Diego Padres. And then that brought Brad Hand over. And then this year, part of the Blake Snell trade. Sent over to the Tampa Bay Rays. Mejia rookie card. Someone who could uh, maybe jump up on that possibilities. True. On all that potential that you talk about as a prospect. True. Breaking a... out for his third team in his young career. And what a good team. To, uh, that And if we do race... get robot strike zones. True. Well, the Rays develop talent uh, among the best of them, so that's a great place for him to be. All right. You picked the Mike Trout pack, didn't you? And then we got in it. Legends in the making. Special graphics oh. for Mike Trout himself. All right, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty looking car. And in 2018, I feel like you're already beyond legends in the making. Like, he's already pretty much certified yeah, at that so point. Too. But... <laughs> Pretty cool, nonetheless. A whole of fan resume in the first three or four years. Yeah. But there we got right there. The sole player who on his 26th birthday had more than 190 home runs and 150 stolen bases. Dude's incredible. I mean, we forget Legend how incredible he is. You know, if you're a real baseball nerd, too, the back of the cards can also be just as fun as the front sometimes. For sure. See those little stat lines? Remember when a league leader was in italics or bold? That's right. And they usually have a, a sentence pulled out, you know, something like what you just read, the highlight of the card, something recent that's worth noting, and that's really fun. Or some fun little trivia. Has True. a dog named Buster. <laughs> Very original. Why Mike. not? Whoop, hold on. We're switching this sucker into panorama view to see Mark Reynolds. Your classic three true outcomes hitter. I like it. Stuck around, hitting home runs and striking out. Hey, they still do these? A team card for the Baltimore Orioles. If, if your favorite team was the Orioles, first of all, I'm sorry. And second of all, look at that team card. And you can remember the good times here as the first line is... Baltimore got off to the best start in baseball last season. And 
Bowl, 25 and 87 in fifth place in the AL East. So close. Uh, you got to remember so those close. highs, though. You got to remember those highs. Well, we got a couple more here. Another Colorado Rocky for you. Antonio Senzatella. Fun name to say. Up, coming. Nothing else to say about the Rockies, your division rivals? No, I mean, he's he's a fun one to watch. No. He's no Herman Marquez, though. That's fair. Talk about guys we're expecting to make a leap this season. Yeah, I'm excited about him. Marquez is on the short list. And then we've got a guy who's had a lot of stories compared to his career already. It's Steven Pichotti. Traded from the Cardinals to the Oakland Athletics, both as a baseball move, but also as a humanitarian move to get him closer to his sick mother. Interesting. And quickly that. became a fan favorite over in Oakland, where he's still playing, trying to, again, back up on some big-time promise. I love that All right, story. last though. card in the deck. Who's it going to be? Everybody's favorite utility man, Marwin Gonzalez. Ah, Marwin. That's a, I like that. Another guy, man. It, it, that is pretty good. Yeah, That's that the, is a little follow through. The yeah. Shirt. Another guy who's been on a few different teams since these cards came out was 2018. Really, that long ago, man. <laughs> I know it feels it feels like so long ago. His breakthrough on the Astros got him a, a two year deal with the Minnesota Twins. That didn't work out super well. And then he signed with the Red Sox this offseason. Looking to boost up his career. You know the backs of these cards aren't like the old ones anymore. There's no bubblegum stains. We don't need the italics. Nice and bright graphics even on the back. But then look at that. You've also got his Twitter and Instagram handles. Wow. <laughs> wow. What a new world. I had no idea. That's how long it's been since I've opened a pack of cards. I had no idea. I also I always love looking at you know their hometown and when they signed yep. signed with the, as a free agent with the Cubs and was acquired as a trade with the Red Sox. I and do now like he's back to the Red Sox. I do like that too, and like that's something we rely on the internet for now so much. A couple of goggles here and there and Baseball Reference and whatnot, but there's uh, there's like even just knowing when they were drafted, looking at me like oh really it was then. Are they really that old? Just basic stats like that that you don't realize until you look at the back. That was one of the one of my favorite parts about the back of the card. Uh, like you mentioned the the, but you're right. The, the hometown, the Twitter handle. We're talking about Antonio Sanzatella, not on Instagram in 2018. We'll have to check up and see if he is now. Yeah, well, but we cause... still got his Twitter handle, and we've got a nice little fun fact here. That said, teammate Ian Desmond called him the Little Prince and the Next King because he comes from Felix Hernandez's hometown of Valencia in Venezuela. Oh, interesting. All right. See, you learn something new Felix every day. Felix Hernandez pitching for the Orioles this season. Talked about Matt Harvey. We can talk about <laughs> Felix Hernandez. You can root for the King to have a comeback season. And look at all this entertainment we get out of one pack of cards. No relics in there, no autographs, but maybe we're saving those for the Instagram live pack breaks. Who knows? That's the beauty is the discovery, man. I love it. I love it. That was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing that and for saving those cards for that long, what felt like a decade, but was only a few seasons, to, uh, <laughs> to share those with us. Oh, yeah. We'll have some fun with that. I, I really enjoy that, man. I could do that all day. Yeah, me too. We're, we're going to have to reprise that. I'll pick up a, some new packs, too, which will be a lot of fun and uh, and I, you know, pitch you on the idea of going through some of the old cards we've collected too, which would just be a fun exercise for me. But I think uh, we reminiscent for a lot of folks uh, listening, I imagine, who have collected cards before, and now it's kind of coming back into uh, into vogue. No doubt about it, man. It's it's just something that's fun for us, and it's exciting. And hopefully, you guys out there listening or watching, we got a big uh, Francisco Mejia believer out there. Let us know at Walk It Off Radio on Instagram and on Twitter, which is on the back of our baseball card. It would be if it was there, yeah. Our business card. Gotta flash one of those. Should have had that ready for you. I know. Hey, but hey, 
We've got those and stickers, though, so those if, may uh, come with you. If you're that big Mejia fan, let us know. Slide that thing into a little protective case for you and get it out to you in the mail. Well, presents for our listeners there. I like that. So we'll have some fun with it. Happy opening day, everybody. It's 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 a great time. I cannot wait. So share your stories. Share who you're uh, who you're following this year because there's so many people to choose from, and um, and we'll be keeping you up to date throughout the whole season. That's what I'm most excited about is all these baseball conversations to come. No doubt, man. And we'll see. We'll be talking about everything else as well. So. Tune in, of course, every Sunday night on WXNA when we hit the airwaves on 101.5 FM right here in Nashville, Tennessee, or anywhere worldwide, even Arizona. Even Arizona. You can hear it on the X at WXNAFM.org streaming. So go ahead. Check it out. Listen, this Sunday is going to be exciting, man. We'll have Final Four to talk about. Oh, my gosh. We've got a lot going on. Yeah. I cannot wait. The Preds stepping it up. We've got the Grizzlies fighting for playoff position. And the NFL draft's only a month away. Everything's happening. It's always happening. It is always And we're here to tell you about it. We love our job. No doubt. Here's to you, man. Here's to everybody listening. Here's to giving us a chance to talk sports all the time, multiple times a week now. Uh, Not to say we don't do it off the air, too, because we do. Uh, this is this is a blast. So we can't wait to do it again. And as always, your feedback, not you, Drew, your feedback is also very important, but your feedback as listeners Five and watchers. stars for you, man. Thank you very much. That's all I ever wanted. You'll be my, num- my, only, uh, my only vote, but as long as it's a five-star average. Uh, we want feedback, though. Walkitoffradio at gmail.com, walkitoffradio.com, uh, Twitter, Instagram, walkitoffradio. Holler at us. Share what you're into. We can and will adapt to what you're into because this is all about barroom banter and we want to invite you in like you're one of our friends sitting down at the bar with us. Uh, So come at us with a topic. Let's do it. Here's to you. And let's go Nashville Sound season. That's right. No more delays. I'm ready. That's right. Cool. We'll see you all. Back at the ballpark. We'll see you on Sunday again with baseball in hand. Cheers.